0: everyone, this is Chad. Welcome to the Mission Daily. It's Friday. To get that Friday feeling, we're going to do the best and maybe the ultimate housekeeping episode.
1: Ooh, I like it. And I'm always excited for the Friday best because I like hearing what you're up to. Sometimes same. I actually don't know.
0: No, same. And I think it's good to catch up every once in a while. So last night, I ran out last minute because an opportunity came up to catch up with a bunch of people from Stanford who were at a conference. And the conference was about geopolitics, media, generally just things that most professors are interested in. And Stanford kind of opened it up to the larger technology community. There were some diplomats there, and it was a great time to catch up. So after that, we were hanging out with a lot of the conference attendees at like little after-party thing. And it's just great when you don't get a chance to go to a conference. Sometimes the best way to hear about it, get the downloads, get the debrief is just show up for the after party. Yeah, it's a great way to beat the price of tickets.
1: You so. have to have a good like inside person to tell you about the after party though. Not oh, everyone definitely. has that. You have to kind of get in.
0: Definitely, yeah. Shout out to Riva for the invite. It's always great to see and hear how people are thinking about really challenging problems. So these were people that were trying to solve some existential challenges, figure out what to do in the event of war scenarios and stuff. So I mean, it's generally like some of the smartest people in the world figuring out, what to do in the event that this country bombs this this other country and then it closes seaport lanes down and how does that spill over to like oil shipments just fascinating things and it's for me especially something that makes you feel more relieved when you realize that there are a lot of smart people that are working to solve these challenges
1: i was so, just going to say i'm happy to hear people are thinking about that kind of stuff
0: they're thinking about it but they need our help too so it's the type of thing that if you think in your head that there are a lot of people who are going to solve these things. Mm, There's not a lot. There's actually, it's, it's a really, really small amount of people. It's a very small community and it's very difficult to get that community all in congruence and all moving in the same direction on solving those things. But yeah, a bunch of very fruitful conversations came out of that and we'll be sharing more about that soon.
1: Cool. I'm excited to hear more about it.
0: Yeah. And in other news too, I started to catch you up on this in the kitchen. So. We are, everybody that's listening has probably seen IT visionaries that came out. So if you're interested in information technology, the future of tech, and what leaders at Fortune 100 companies are doing, that podcast is out. It's doing fantastic for the subject matter and with all things considered. Really excited about that. And as we start to put out more and more podcasts, we want to share a little bit about the thought process that goes into creating all of them. Because it's not just that one. We have education trends coming up. We have the future of cities right after that. And these are fun, fun practices to figure out how to solve things. So, we are not subject matter experts in all of these things. So some of us are on the team for sure. But the more and more that I am learning from the front lines of what leaders in higher education are doing and what leaders that are at public and private. Institutions inside cities are doing and how they're planning for the future, the more optimistic I become. We're definitely on the verge of a golden age in education, in how we live in cities, and for all the negative things that get said about San Francisco. I think that that is one of the cities that people talk trash about a lot, but it's also on the verge of fixing a lot of its structural and systemic imbalances and bad things.
1: I agree. And you don't always have to be an expert on a topic. As long as you surround yourself with experts, it kind of levels you up when you're around them. Of
0: course, definitely. And I think that just showing up with curiosity, the right mindset, and a mindset that is oriented towards how can I help or bring something to this conversation? So definitely don't sell yourself short and think that just because you don't have context with a subject that you're not gonna be able to interject something that might be vital to a problem that that person is struggling with in their head. And if you take the approach that, oh, I might know the right thing at the right time to bring in, maybe it's from a disparate field where you had a similar story where something you know sounds like it could be a similar anecdote to the problem they're struggling with. I think that, like we talked about before, don't be afraid to venture that solution because chances are I'm just starting to find more and more that you might have the right piece of information to give people at the right time, which could change everything.
1: Yep, yeah, that's why a lot of tech companies look to hire younger people or people who aren't exactly in that field because they bring so many new ideas and perspectives and just think about doing things in a different way than anyone before them has done.
0: Yeah, that type of beginner's mind goes a long, long long way.
1: I agree, all right, do we wanna jump into the best?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, jump to the best. And then quick shout outs. Twilio Signal Conference is coming up. We'll be there October 17th through the 18th at Bill Graham Civic Center in San Francisco. That's going to be really exciting. I am learning everything I can about machine learning and bots. And we're trying to get best podcasts and podcast.ai up to speed. They are very rough prototypes now, but we're going to be there to learn how to get those cranking.
1: Yes, we are. And make sure you use our promo code, mission20 at checkout to get 20% off, and we will see you at the conference.
0: We will see you there. And in other news too, a lot of our listeners are probably going to attend Dreamforce. So our audience, there are a lot of people in the Bay Area. And every time I go out, I'm always surprised at who listens to the mission daily, whether it's getting a cold email from somebody I didn't know listens to it. It's very flattering. It's, you know, it, just feels really, really good to hear that feedback. And a lot of people are in the Salesforce community that listen to us and Salesforce is a client. Many you guys know that. And with Dreamforce coming up, that's the annual conference, basically the biggest business party in the world. So if you are into business parties, we're going to be at Twilio Signal, but we're also going to be at Dreamforce. And Dreamforce is going to be September 24th through the 28th, I want to say. And on the first day of Dreamforce, we were invited by one of the Salesforce teams we're working with to kick it off, essentially, with a big panel. So this is thrilling because it's now rebranded IT Visionaries. And as we put together more and more guests for the panel, it's shaping up to be something that I've I've never heard discussed and I've never heard these type of questions given to C-level executives. So this is, a I think, in a small way, it's going to be really important for the technology community to start seeing how leaders are thinking about problems in a whole new way. And it's going to be a great example where if you're interested in sales and how do you sell really complex ideas that basically make everybody's life inside the organization more complicated and difficult initially during that initial implementation stage, you're going to want to tune in because we're going to figure out how do you implement changes across thousands and thousands of people. And how do you sell these technological changes and solutions when they're not popular? So if you have an unpopular idea that you want other people to buy in on, and if you want other people to join you in building or selling an unpopular idea you have, you'll want to tune into the panel. So we'll be taking HD video there, we'll be recording great audio, and we'll be sure to post that online. We'll probably post it in not only just the video components those will be on our social channels but we'll also post the audio as long form episode in it visionaries as a bonus episode
1: so excited it's gonna be really fun
0: yeah so steph what are you reading
1: so i read an interesting article this week and it's all around i think it's from PitchBook, and they say uber needs to divest themselves from their self-driving autonomous vehicle initiatives and i thought that was really interesting because i was like "Hmm, why would you want to do that when that's such a big trend right now and You know, they need to stay competitive and they need to make sure they keep up with where the market's going. Why would they want to do that? And the PitchBook report actually laid out a really good summary of why they're not really even staying competitive at this point. And they had a one little table that was interesting that said the capital they invested compared to competitors is lower. So compared to like Waymo or GM. It's really, really small. And then their cost per vehicle is higher. And the miles they've driven is like the lowest among their competition. And their fleet size of vehicles is also the lowest. So I thought that was really interesting where they're saying they need to really focus on their core technology and what their business is all about. Because if you can't stay competitive and you can't invest the right amount of money when you're at that level of a company, when you're that big and you're trying to get into a huge market, you kind of should pull back and look at partnering with companies who are doing a really great job, like Waymo or like maybe GM, instead of just trying to do it yourself because they're in the phase now where they're getting distracted and they're pretty far from profitability. But if they divest themselves from that, they would get closer and maybe, you know, do better with investors and stuff. So I thought that was interesting, not only for Uber, but more just for thinking about life in general. There's
0: definitely a lesson there.
1: Exactly, like when should you try and do something yourself? When should you try and partner? What does it mean to get distracted by too many things going on at once where maybe you should focus or maybe you shouldn't focus depending on what you're trying to get into. So it's just a good way to think about things and start applying it to other areas in life.
0: I love it. Yeah, I think it's a great reminder. And it's always hard to decide if you need to focus on less or if you need to focus on more. It's a situation where there, there are no easy answers. I'm trying to remember the line from the hard thing about hard things but it's like there's no silver bullets there's only lead bullets like lots of lead bullets
1: yeah like you definitely can not apply it to everything but just keeping in the back of your mind about when you're getting into something how to think about the lessons learned from previous companies or previous people because a lot of times you could be repeating you know a failure that has already happened before
0: definitely and learn from others and learn from the successes, trials, and tribulations of as many people as you can. It's, you don't have enough time in one lifetime to pick up all the knowledge yourself and make all the mistakes that others have. And so you yeah, take advantage of those Yeah, for sure. So I've been reading, I revisited one of my favorite long form articles. It's called the Machiavelli of Maryland. And it's about a strategist who has, he's pretty, not many people know about him, but he is routinely fielding calls from presidents and prime ministers and world banks and small countries. And like I'm, I'm trying to get in some of the details here. But basically, this guy, Edward Ludwak is a strategic genius. And he labels himself a military strategist, classical scholar, cattle rancher, and an advisor to presidents, prime ministers, and the Dalai Lama. And he basically goes through this entire essay where he is being interviewed and telling about all of the different disputes that he has resolved for people in DC. So he's basically this high profile consultant and he's very hard to get to, very hard to reach. And he will periodically take on a challenge between states and nation states and try to resolve it in the best way possible. And he has done this for basically his entire career. And he's written a number of books and he'll often be commissioned to write a book for a specific government agency, and essentially, what he's doing is trying to solve their problems in a new way. So, I just ordered a whole bunch of his books. I went on a book buying spree. I don't know. This isn't stuff even isn't. a
1: spree for you. This is like a daily habit for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, stuff. Or what
1: counts as a spree?
0: The last, yeah, bit of ordering I did counts as, <laughs> as a spree. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so, yeah, those will start showing up soon. Uh, just heads up. Um, okay. But I, I got a bunch of his books and some other books that I basically, at least last week, there were a whole host of books that out of the blue, people were recommending to me. So I just took advantage of the one night and just ordered them all. You know, you don't want to buy too many books, but at the same time, if you find a bunch of really exciting things, you have to strike while the iron is hot because otherwise you will talk yourself out of it. You'll say, oh, I'll just go to the library and get that or I'll borrow it from somebody and then it never shows up. And what Nassim Taleb talks about with an anti-library is very, very important. Basically, his idea is that you want to have as many books as possible on your shelves or surrounding you in the physical space. And the reason that you do this is because you can see them throughout the day. So you're interacting with them. And in a way, the unread books kind of mock you. You know, you wonder, am I going to be able to get to them? Am I going to be able to read them? I just, yeah, I love that. So how I'm thinking about what to read next is we've basically mapped out our biggest business challenges and the things that we need to fix for the next year. I've just been selecting books for that. For instance, we have a call with some really big agencies next week. We can't make any announcements yet, but we're up to really awesome things. And you'll want to watch our podcasts very closely, like the story, because you never know who might be narrating them very soon. So as I'm getting ready for these calls with these agencies, I've picked up books that are biographies about how they were built. The biographies about how they were built, they're just marvelous tomes of i guess that's how you say it of information that you can't get anywhere else i want to make sure that we go into these conversations and go into these partnerships with as much knowledge about the institution as possible yeah
1: so, cool all right are you watching anything i mean you
0: no i'm uh, not yeah i didn't see too much of that this week i'm just gonna completely back off all yeah serious it's not i mean it's not like i was watching a lot of tv yeah. before but I'm definitely going to just tap out. And I have so much reading I need to catch up on, so much prep. But it's all prep I'm yeah really excited about. So I'm finishing listening to the Disney bio. I have mm-hmm. a couple, yep. a couple hours left for the book club on the 28th.
1: Any key insights or things you're excited about while listening to? Or? Yeah, I just had no
0: idea that, number one, how much of a struggle it was. All the different things that they faced from communists trying to overtake their organization, force them to unionize in a way that was going to kill the business and just a whole host of challenges that Disney faced during World War II and kind of how he navigated those and then came out the other side and just generally too how long and time consuming and capital intensive it was to make animations. Just it's It was incredibly complicated. It still is. And it's definitely a testament to the will of someone who has developed stories that he knows are going to matter for the long term, it's just really inspiring to say the least. And not many people know just how hard he pushed himself to make that happen. And that's not something that you you should not take pride in the fact that if you're destroying yourself or sacrificing your health for short-term gains, we're not glorifying that by any stretch of the imagination, but he did make enormous sacrifices to get Disney up and running.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people definitely miss that when they see these big companies about the sacrifices that went into it. I always think about the book that i loved i think it was shoe dog right by phil knight yeah that's one of my favorite books talking about how nike was started and everything that he went through to even get to where you know it is now and yeah, the story's so is crazy. I love it.
0: Like when he went back to work as an accountant to, yes. you know, kept doing the business he used his part-time, I think guard or reservist payments when he was still in the military to f- help fund the business. The the early days, those are the days where sometimes people aren't interested, they're not going to pay attention, but that's where the real foundation of the business gets built and that's how you have something that endures for 50, 100, yeah, long yeah. time.
1: Some of the juiciest details are there. And did you see the text I sent you with the Jeff Bezos text about him hiring? It was like this day in history on August 22nd or whatever. It was an email from Jeff putting out his first job listing for Amazon.
0: Oh, that's awesome. You didn't see it? No. Um, no, no. Okay. We'll have
1: to talk about that next time. So yeah. I, I can't remember the exact text. It. Yeah. That was like right up your alley. I saw that and I'm like this day in history, Chad would love. So, okay. Uh, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. I don't know. How I missed that.
0: Um, everybody, we will see you next time. We have an amazing interview for you coming up on Monday of next week with Laura Deming. If you don't know her, you should. And with the Mission Daily. We're changing up the format, so we're going to try to have three interviews with guests each week, and then we're going to have the best on Friday, and the other episode will kind of be, we'll just play it by year and see what's a good fit.
1: Yeah, and let us know what you think. Get in touch with us on the socials, or email us, or whatever. Just tell us how we're doing, and if you like this format, if you're excited about future interviews coming up, and thanks again to our sponsor, Twilio, for making episodes like this happen. Don't forget to check out the Signal Twilio conference and we'll see you there. See you next time. See ya.